Good morning, Bridge of Hope, and uh, everyone in the Piedmont Triad, North Carolina, the U.S., Canada, around the world, welcome again to our uh, service where we want to corporately worship Christ together, and this is a great day. I want to remind you before we turn to our text in Matthew chapter 5, I want to encourage you, uh, you can still get into our radically hospitable class, uh, class on hospitality. It is dynamic. It's wonderful. Uh, we're getting great testimonies about um, our relationships with neighbors and coworkers. And uh, we still have some books left, so you can still get in and get your books. And of course, with the newsletter, uh, the weekly newsletter, we do send out uh, the codes for the class. So I encourage you to join it. The book is The Gospel Comes with a House Key by Rosaria Butterfield. So let's turn again to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, and today we will be looking at verse 9. Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, and it reads, Blessed are the peacemakers. Hallelujah. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you today for this day that you've given us, this opportunity to worship you together as the family of God, to hear you, to know you, to love you with one another. And I ask that you would anoint me that I would speak clearly the words of truth that point us to the God of peace, that we might be peacemakers in this world of hostility. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Blessed are the peacemakers. So we continue our uh, series in the Sermon on the Mount uh, by identifying the marks of the kingdom citizens uh, as taught in the Beatitudes. And today we are looking at the seventh mark of the kingdom citizen, the peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers. Now let's stop for a second and ask ourselves, what are we looking at? Or what have we been looking at in these, in this opening passage of the Sermon on the Mount? Jesus, of course, beginning at chapter five, verse one and two, he has called his disciples to himself and he is showing them what he does. In this teaching, he is showing them, this is what I do in those in my kingdom. He specializes in soul work. Not just soul care, soul work. Now this contrasts with the religious leaders of his day. Later on in Matthew chapter uh, 23, verse 25, he, he rebukes the um, Pharisees and the scribes. Look at verse 25 in chapter 23. He says, woe to you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed 
and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate that the outside may also be clean. But Jesus here is letting us know in this opening passage of the Sermon on the Mount, I'm not working on the outside merely. I'm beginning in the inside. And so that's why we see he, he begins with blessed are the poor in spirit. He's going to the soul. He's going to the heart, the state of our heart before a holy God. And we recognize we are broken and corrupt and in, impoverished and in need of the grace of God. Blessed are those who mourn. We mourn our condition. We mourn the sin in our very lives. Blessed are the meek. We are humbled. We are gentle when we recognize it is only the grace of God. Only the grace of God that gives us standing. And so when we deal with people, we don't deal with them out of pride. We deal with them out of humility and gentleness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, seeing that our hearts are broken before God, seeing that we need the grace of God. We desire the righteousness that comes with his kingdom. God is doing a work in the soul. We are hungering and thirsting for what we do not have, but what God wants to lavishly provide for us. Blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure in heart, and now blessed are the peacemakers. Jesus is showing how he makes or cultivates a child of the kingdom by going within us and changing us from the inside out. We, we're not worried about, what do you think about me out there? No, 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 no. Jesus is caring about our soul and he turns us towards him and he turns towards us and he works, he specializes on our hearts, our soul, our innermost being. And he's not finished working. Because he says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And now he says, blessed are those who are peacemaking. These citizens will be known for peacemaking. You know, this is ironic that he says, because he's, he's been working on the heart, right? And then as he transitions to blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure in heart, and blessed are the peacemakers, we realize now he's worked on our heart and he's turning us outward. He's turning us towards the world. He's turning us towards our relationship with other people. And he says, blessed are those who, who work to bring peace. It's ironic because look at Matthew chapter 10, 34 through 36. Jesus says, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against his mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Now, here's the key. Whoever loves father or mother more than me 
is not worthy of me and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And I think this last verse is very key in us understanding. Wait a minute. Jesus just said, blessed are the peacemakers. And here he's saying, my message, my gospel does not bring peace. It brings division. It brings war. I think what he's alluding to goes back to the previous mark. Blessed are the pure in heart. Remember, we taught last week, the pure in heart are singularly focused on Christ the king of the kingdom. And so they're not duplicitous. They're not double-minded. They're not setting up other idols. And that's why he says, listen, there's going to be division when I preach the gospel because many people are worshiping family and they're worshiping this person and they're worshiping these other relationships and they're setting them up above my kingdom, above me as the king. And he says, listen, that's going to bring division. He says, listen, my kingdom at its core as a king. And when the king is on the throne of your heart, that's when we are conquered and there is no hostility with God. That because their flesh, their will, their ambitions have been conquered by the king. And they are now vested in the peace with God. These are the blessed ones. Those having crucified they, their flesh, they become desirous of others to experience both the mercy and the peace of the kingdom. This is because Jesus focuses on the soul. And they are no longer warring, hungering and thirsting for the things of the world. Not to say that they, their flesh doesn't crave, but in their, it, they have crucified their flesh. They have died to the world. And so when the flesh emerges, they say, no, 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 no. I have one king. My body, my passions, you don't control me. I control you because all my person, all my members, we yield and submit to the king who has brought peace. Can I ask a question? Has Christ conquered your soul? Hallelujah. Has he conquered your heart? Is he changing you, transforming you, making you into a child of the kingdom? Peacemakers? come out of a war that Christ has won in the heart. And Christ does it well because he specializes in the heart and the soul. This is so very important to understand this, that Christ our King came to bring peace. It is the work of the kingdom to bring peace. Christ came and preached peace through the gospel of the kingdom. Look, look with me at Ephesians chapter two. Ephesians chapter two uh, uh, captures the, an, a, the essence of the gospel in verse 15 to 17. He says, 
well, let's start at verse 14. For he himself, this is Jesus, is our peace who has made us both one and broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in peace of the two. So making peace and might and that he might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And Jesus came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. Jesus has come to bring peace and he's, pre he's preached peace to those who are near the kingdom, who heard of the gospel and those who were far Gentiles weren't even aware of it. He has come to bring peace. And so those who are peacemakers are those who have experienced the peace that Christ has brought to us with God. See, there was a, there was a legitimate friction, a wrath that was uh, coming on those who were in opposition to God. There, there was an uncrossable gulf between God and man because of man's, because of humanity's rebellion and arrogance and weakness, uh, wickedness rather. But Christ in his mercy, he bridged this gulf. So peacemakers are those who are thankful to God that he has reconciled us. Because Christ, our King, brought us peace. And God's people are peacemakers, first and foremost, because they are thankful. Oh, thank you, Lord, for taking away this hostility, taking away this gulf between me and God. You reconciled us. You know, it's interesting today we're hearing that, that humanity so wealthy, so rich, there's nothing they can't do. And now they're, they're building their own rockets and going to the moon. Not even governments, individuals, corporations are going to the moon to set up camp. They're going to build their own planet. And soon they're going to say, we're going to go to heaven. We're going to find God if he's there. Can I tell you something? The gulf is too wide. Your ingenuity, your pride, your gifts, your abilities. It's not enough to bring you to God. Only what Christ has done on the cross can bring us to God. And so what Jesus has done in our hearts, listen, heaven is so far away, a rocket can't get you there. But Christ came into the earth as man that he might bring us, reconcile us, bridge the gulf that was so far between us and God and Christ brought us peace with heaven. Peacemakers are thankful because we are reconciled to God through Christ. Christ is our peace. Christ has ended the war between humanity and God. Oh yes, humanity in the world is still at war with God, but those in his kingdom have been brought near through Christ. And they made not just the benefactors of his peace, but they are made peacemakers. What, what, what do peacemakers do? 
What do they do? Um, most of the translators translate this word in the Greek, peacemakers, and they do it accurately. The Wycliffe uh, translation um, translates for the meaning, maybe even better than the word peacemaker. Wycliffe says, blessed are the peaceable men. The peaceable men. It, it, it conveys even more what, what the peacemakers are. They, 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 they are not peacekeepers. They are not appeasers. They are peacemakers because they live peaceably in the world with others. And I know this sounds weird because listen, if you check out social media and you look at children and people of God and people, members of churches, it seems like they're at war. Listen, let's go back to the word who points us back to the kingdom. And we're not looking at how everyone is acting. We are calling God's people back to the kingdom of God. And they are peaceable men and women, sons and daughters. They're not trying to appease people. Well, let's just end the argument and act like we don't have a problem. No, 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 no. They're not denying it. They're not lying like the prophets in Jeremiah who would say, peace, peace, but there was no peace. No, they are peacemakers. They work to end hostilities and bring quarrels to an end through the gospel through the gospel. See, the world is broken and God wants to bring peace through the gospel of the kingdom because the only way that peace can truly come in this world is through the king, Christ. Now you have to contrast that with Satan. Remember John 10 and 10 says, but the thief, we're talking about the devil, talking about Satan. He comes to what? To steal and kill and destroy. Listen, he is thrilled with chaos. He is thrilled with wars. He is thrilled with divisions and hatred and animosity. And so Christ, who has brought peace in the heart and soul of man, he commissions them as his peacemakers, seeing that they have enjoyed and benefited from the peace. He's won their souls over. This is the way to live, not in chaos, not in war, not in hostility, but at peace with God and peace with one another. And so Christ commissions his peacemakers to go and pursue peace with all men. So we're not getting into fights. You know, there's a proverb that says, listen, when you got two dogs fighting, you don't get in the middle of it. They'll turn on you. No, we do peace work by being peaceable. In other words, by wherever we are, wherever God sovereignly scatters us, wherever God places us in our home, in the church, in the world, at our jobs, in, in, in schools, wherever he places us, we are peacemakers. We're peaceable men. We're not at war. We're constantly encouraging the grace of God, constantly encouraging us to depend upon the Lord who is our king, to constantly recognize he has come to end our hostility between us and him and us and one another. 
And this is why the peacemakers focus on relationships. Not they don't focus on getting in people's fights. They're not looking at a boxing match and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me get in the middle. I can do better than the referee. No, they deal with relationships with both boxes. And they pursue peace and preach it. They pursue peace with all men. And I want to tell you, when I say all men, I literally mean all. Even with those who are at war with them. Here's the difference with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The peacemakers are not at war with their enemies. In fact, the peacemakers have no enemies, but other men make or look at peacemakers as their enemies. And we say, well, if you don't like me, that's your choice, but I will love you. I will pursue peace with you. I will be kind to you. I will be gracious towards you. I'm going to help you when you're in need. I'm not going to rejoice at your downfall. I'm not going to be happy at your pain. I'm pursuing peace. And when you are in need, I'm not there to say, do you want me now? No, I'm there to say, my friend, how can I help? How can I help? Well, yeah. Your peace maker is what the world needs. And peace comes at a cost. It comes at the life of Christ. It's not cheap. So we don't, we don't take wars uh, lightly because we recognize people are at odds because there is serious pain. And that pain is what brought Christ to the cross. And he died because the pain was so great and the cost is even greater. And because he died that we might have peace with God and one another, we are all in, my friend. We are totally committed to the, to the purpose of the kingdom, the gospel of peace. Hallelujah. Peace. This is why we'll forgive. This is why we won't give up on those relationships. This is why we'll still continue to go to Thanksgiving, even though we know <laughs> this family likes fighting. Listen, I'm not going there to fight. I'm going there to, again to pursue peace. This is why I'm going to go to work and I want to avoid you and let there be a wall of silence. But at the end of the day, I'm for peace, my friend. How you doing today? Hey, there's some coffee. I, I was going to take the last one. You want it? Peace. Hey, you want to go out for lunch? You know we don't get along. Listen, I, I don't, I really don't care even about what we're arguing about. It's not more important than this relationship. How we doing, my friend? Peacemakers understand what's at stake. So they preach and live for peace. Peacemakers are listeners and healers, patient and kind, surrendered and committed to pursue peace with everyone by living peaceful and sharing the gospel. We're not just nice people. We're kingdom sharers. We're, we're gospel of the kingdom preachers. 
That's why Isaiah 52 and 7 says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, Our God reigns. And, and we say that because we let others know it doesn't matter what's happening right now. It doesn't matter what chaos is behind, is behind the hostility. God is at work. Our God is sovereign and it doesn't matter how bad things are. He is able to help. He is able to heal. He is the God of peace and I trust in him. He's made peace with me and he can bring peace in your life too. Peace. We used to sing a song, peace, peace. Wonderful peace flowing down from the heavens above. Sweep over my spirit. From heaven I pray in fathomless billows of love. Peace comes from above and we work to bring it to all men. Because the aim of the gospel is healthy relations. Healthy relationship with God healthy relationship with our neighbors. The Bible said, blessed are the peacemakers because it says they shall be called sons of God. Who? Who's calling them sons of God? Well, believe it or not, lost humanity in their moments of honesty and clarity will call the peacemakers, you're not normal. You, you, you're sons, you're children of God because they recognize, listen, you're not benefiting from this. You're, 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 you're not getting out of this. You, you could have won, but instead you, you didn't care about winning. You cared about what I needed. That's not normal. Where are you from? What, what, what's your agenda? It's like you're God's children. Peacemakers will be called sons of God by people in this world who recognize what you and I are bringing when the grace of God is working in our soul. We're going to call us sons of God. We'll be called, peacemakers will be called sons of God by the reconciled. Peacemakers are ambassadors of the kingdom. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 19 to 21 is very important. It says, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Very important. Reconciling the world to God by not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. That's the peacemakers. God making his appeal through us. 
We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Listen, people who heard the message of peace, people who saw the gospel of peace, not just preached, but lived out in front of them and they were brought to Christ and they say, my life is different. I am right with God. I am loved by the Lord. I know him. He is mine and I am his. And they say, I want to thank you for what you've done. You are a son of God. You are a child of God. You are not like this world. Those who are reconciled gladly call us sons of God. And don't look at the sons, the gender base. Look at it as saying children of God, but the sons of God is, is theologically significant because it's an allusion to the firstborn who is the heir of God's things. And saying, you represent God, for you are like God. You have his DNA running in your veins. Those who you have led to Christ out of a world of hostility, out of chaos and out of dysfunction, they call you and I, through the gospel, sons of God. And lastly, the most important voice, the most important one who calls us sons of God is God himself. I'm concerned. I look back at the Olympics and I, I, I was paying very close attention to the issue of mental health. Uh, that caught, that greatly impacted and, uh, some of our greatest performers around the world. And, and you know, a great deal of the crisis that came in their minds and souls had to do with the voices, pressure they felt from the voices that were inundating them constantly. It is one of the weaknesses of the, the, the creation of social media is that uh, before it was one thing, you had a newspaper and maybe an article could be written about you and you could dismiss them or ignore them. It's one person. But here, every, hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands, maybe even millions of people are constantly talking to us and we're reading them over and over again and feeling the pressure of the world. We're hearing what other people think of us and what other people expect of us. And instead of hearing God, voice we hear the voice of man and can I tell you if you are constantly listening to your haters or those with pressure or those with expectations on you it's going to crush your soul you've got to hear the voice of the one that matters most I'm reminded of Matthew chapter 3 verse 17 Jesus has come and he says, I need to be baptized. John says, no, I shouldn't baptize you. I know who you are. I should be baptized by you. I should not baptize you. Jesus says, listen, I can't listen to your voice or your opinion. This is for righteousness sake. I must do the pleasure of him who sent me. Baptize me, John. Baptize me. 
John baptized Jesus in the Jordan and Jesus comes out of the water. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit came upon him like the form of a dove and then the heavens opened and he heard the voice of the Father said, this you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Can I tell you, when God conquers your soul, when God brings peace like a river in your life, when you are no longer at war with the things of the world because you have prioritized Christ and the gulf between you and God is no longer wide, it is near. You can come boldly before the throne of grace and receive mercy because Christ has made the way and you are settled. I am his and he is mine. And those who do not belong to God, I want to tell you, my friend, come to him. Come to Jesus. Trust in Jesus. Know Jesus. Love Jesus. He's good. He's sweeter than honey in the honeycomb. You can come to him and the war will end in your soul. The father that spoke to Christ will speak to you and call you a son of God. Why? Because you have my ways. You have my message. You're carrying out my work. It's like when a parent sees their child when they're first born, and we've got several babies being born this week, Tierra and James' child, and now Javier and Valerie's baby, and soon Natasha and, and, and the green child. It, it, it is it, Natasha and George, and they will look at their child and they will notice the nose and the eyes, and the hands, and the feet, and they'll say, I see myself in this child. And the joy is knowing by the grace of God, they have a child that looks like them. God calls us sons of God because he sees in our heart and through our actions, our words, our hands, our feet, he sees a reflection of himself. Today, has Christ conquered your soul? Are you still at war? Is there still enmity or hostility and divide between you and our God? Are you wanting to do your own thing, still carrying your own idols, not allowing Christ to sit upon the throne, but instead still trying to say, but can I get in this too? Can I receive some of the glory for myself? Listen, that's enmity. That's war. Christ comes to bring an end to the war. It's a war because he's saying, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm getting rid of all that is a rival because I'm a king of one throne. But when Christ sits upon your throne, when you surrender to him, he brings peace. And this beautiful peace, this beautiful work in your heart 
you don't want to keep it just for yourself. You want others to experience. And, and you become a peacemaker. You, you become a peaceable woman, a peaceable man, a peaceable child, and you seek for others to enjoy God's peace. You preach the gospel of peace, not the gospel of division, the gospel of the Lordship of Christ as King. And as we yield to him, trust him, follow him, he heals our wounds, he changes our lives, and you are being made like God. Peace, peacemakers, merciful, gentle, kind, godly, surrendering your private agendas that Christ may be all in all. And you want others to win. You don't care whether they, whether you're not, it's not about you now. Will others be pulled up? Will others be helped? You're a peacemaker because Christ's ways are becoming your ways. And God will call you son of Father, today, make us like you. Make us like Jesus. Holy Spirit, conquer the wars within our soul that Christ only always living in us, reigning in us. That we're not after selfish ambition. We're, we're not trying to grab power and possessions. No, God, we are content with your calling, with your leading, with your love. And we look at others and we want others to experience the lavish goodness of God, the wonderful grace of God. And we preach this gospel of the kingdom. Be reconciled through the blood of Jesus Christ. Repent, turn from our wayward, rebellious ways to the God of peace who brings us near and makes us righteous and creates in us a clean heart and a transformed mind and life. Peacemakers, grant it, Lord, grant it. In Jesus' name.